Sales is the most lucrative skill in the world, period. The problem is most sales advice out there today is outdated, cheesy, and can even keep you from getting the deals that can make all the difference in your career. This is the No BS Sales School, a podcast for entrepreneurs and salespeople who want to master the skill of selling without all the BS. How are we doing, Bear Nation? We are back again for another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast. And uh, I brought back one of my favorite people, Walker McKay. Walker is a G. He has been around the sales game for a long time. He has an incredible story of how he got into entrepreneurship, which we did an earlier pod. So I'll link that in the show notes. You can learn about it. If you haven't listened to that episode and heard of Walker, like go listen. But I wanted to bring him back to discuss a very specific topic. Uh, before we get into that topic, Walker, how are you doing, my friend? And I'm great. And I want to um, thank you so much for inviting me back. I love your podcast. And I'm so glad that we met each other and have become friends. And you are really somebody who's helped me along the way. And those of you that are listening, just know Rob Napoli is a damn great guy. And you are smart to be listening to his podcast. Well, I appreciate you, Walker. And, you know, I, I still think back to... Um, when Casey Jones introduced us and was like, Rob, like you and Walker would get along great. Like I'm going to introduce the two of you and see what happens. And since then a friendship has been born and, uh, you know, Walker, you've been a go-to, uh, for a lot of things, uh, that I've shared with you. Um, and we've talked about in my own journey as being an entrepreneur and what I've dealt with. So I appreciate you, um, all the same. And that's why this, uh, episode to me was gonna be fun is I've, I get asked a lot of times, about selling for founders, right? A lot of the coaching and work that I do is working with entrepreneurs and founders on how to sell, especially when either English is not your native language, sales is not what you did in any previous life, all these things. And there's so much content out there about how to sell, especially for salespeople, but it's really hard to digest that. So that's kind of when I get the heart of it. But there's an episode on your podcast, No BS Sales, that I listen to and I want to talk about because I... Be honest, have a little bit of a, a bone to pick uh, based on some of my own thought process around Good. it uh, with the book I wrote. So the episode is called Making Friends Versus Making Sales. And something that stood out to me was you don't really need to build a relationship with your prospect to sell them something. So I want you to kind of explain uh, explain this this episode and, and this concept to the listeners to kick things off. All right. Off. So I'm going to challenge you right back. Right. So... Yes, you must build a relationship to sell. I think you absolutely, but Mm -hmm. what I want to talk about is what kind of relationship. Now, Rob, Mm -hmm. you, when we first got on the show a minute ago, you said Walker and I are friends. We've been da, da, da. Rob, I couldn't find out where you live other than New York City, right? I don't know your wife's name. I don't know. I know some of your story, but I couldn't repeat it back. What I tell my prospects to look for in their clients or their prospects, excuse me, what I tell my clients to look for in their prospects is not friendship, but a healthy business relationship. The difference, right? A friendship, if you think about it, Rob, what is, um, what's an ideal, what's the goal of a friendship? What is the goal of a friendship, Rob? What would Good you question. think? <laughs> At least I mean, camaraderie. To keep it short, right? The goal right. of a friendship is nothing more than the friendship itself. If you have outside objectives, if you say, I'm going to become friends with this guy so he'll spend a million dollars with me, 
then that's you're going into a friendship in a deceptive manner. So what yeah. I'd rather us focus on, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, and it's weird. The same people that say, um, I, I want to make friends with my prospects would say the other side of their mouth, you can't do business with friends. And what they're yeah. really saying is, I don't want to have to sell anybody anything. I want them just to come to yeah. me and buy it, which is neat. But if you've got to go grow your business, unless you're selling dollar bills for 85 cents, that don't happen much. Mm-hmm. So what I want us to look at, a healthy business relationship is two or more people that are knowingly mm-hmm. helping each other grow their business, make their lives better. Mm-hmm. Two or more people. Interesting. That's very interesting because, you know, one of the, the the things I talk a lot about, I wrote a book called The Social Soul, which is all about the, the why to build a personal professional brand. So yes. when, you, when you give value out and you, you put that content out, you can receive it, right? Yes. We'll see you as somebody who's smart, trustworthy, credible, yeah. right? Like and a real my, human my being. LinkedIn, I talk, yeah. So, and I look at that as building a relationship. And I, and, and so that I think that's a really good clarification, building a relationship, building a friendship. And there's a lot of people that do a lot of networking. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, now, now kind of COVID's in the rear view, like we got to go out and do networking again. So yep. when you talk about building a business relationship, how does that, I think maybe even myself kind of got really caught up in this idea of relationship, friendship thing. Yeah. And, I did, and I always go, so how do you go about developing good, strong relationships and not friendships so, to, yeah. to be seen to sell and do that transaction? It's funny. And it's, it's a, it's a great question that you asked, but it's, and it's kind of simple is what you're talking about with people is business. And you, and you want to find out what's their business journey. It's not so much, Hey, I hope I can meet this person. We can go to football games together. We can do all these things together. It's what are the, how can I get to know this person, know about their business, what they think about their business, what they think they need help with? What are the things then that I can help them with? If it's introduce them to somebody else. Right where I say, gosh, I know people you need to know because they can be customers of yours. They can help you with something else. That to me, yeah. and if the other person says, hey, let me do the same for you, or even if it's as simple as I'm going to sell you a product that will help you grow your business, you know it's helping me by selling it to you, and I know it's helping you by you buying it, awesome. But if we never end up having dinner together, it's fine. Right. Our goal should not be that we know each other's kids. If we end up doing that, that's awesome, but don't have to do that. Interesting. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense because like in my early days, uh, when I was selling, I was doing a lot of account based selling. Right. I had um, two large, big corporate accounts with a few clients and I had to work my way through it. And and one of the things for me, I do like desk drop buys and bagels and coffee. hundred percent. And, you know, when I would go by their desk, I would look on their desk and see like what sports teams they liked. And if they had pictures of kids or golf or a sport or they had a something and I would use that to build a relationship as a, as a conversation starter. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I always made sure I was memorable by being kind of like. You know, I guess what you would think at 23, I, I won a, a semi-professional football national championship. Yeah. And I had this like kind of big gaudy ring. And so I'd shake, when I shake hands, I would do the kind of handover ah. so they could see the ring and shake their hand. And it was a way like I was breaking into the space against some big incumbents. Like 
the people that I was going up against in this account have been in the game for 10 years and mm. I'm 23 barely know. It's like, I needed to be memorable. And that's how I leverage using relationships mm -hmm. and building relationships to sell. And so I think that's why, but you know, many of them didn't become my friends. Although there were a few clients I take out for a golf sure. or dinner and things like that. So how do you balance? So if you are starting to make a friendship or have those things with clients, because yeah. you're right, it's hard as hell to sell to friends. How do you like balance the business side and the personal because those expectations can get really Yeah, blurred. so so a couple of things. Um, when you, and I'm going to address a couple of things you said, and then we'll get right there. When you're in high school and college and newly out of college, you often, people often measure their own success by how many friends they have, right? Because that's how you've got, I've got thousands of friends and hundreds of friends. That's how you measure. But when you get out and you reckon, and, and Rob, you move on with life a little bit and you get married, right? And you begin to have a family or your business grows. You don't have time to keep up with friends. There were some of your best buds from college that you probably hadn't talked to in five years. You might pick up with them just like that. Yeah. Just know the people you're calling on, they're the same way. They don't have time for more friendships, for somebody else to go to dinner with. Now, you may end up being friends. You may reward a customer who's doing good business. You may take them out for golf. You may take them out to dinner. Here's a conversation I would suggest you have. And listen, it's fine to talk about their family. But what you may do, it's, it's a simple thing I call present, past, future. Tell me about your current role. What do you really do? Ask them about what they're doing today. What does it look like? And then past, how'd you get here? Tell me your story. You can ask a thousand questions around that. And then you can say, let's pretend things are going well. And it's two or three years in the future. And you say, man, this is great. What does that look like? And it's a great way to understand somebody's journey. It's a great way to have a business conversation. How many salespeople do you think come into somebody's office and go, oh, is that your wife or your daughter? Or, hey, look at that fish. I caught, you got a 10-pound bass. I caught a 10-pound bass, right? And the thing yeah. about a professional relationship, I would say, is it's never about you. And the only thing I would challenge you on about the ring is when you were saying, hey, look at my ring, what would be better is if you noticed something about them and you dug in. And even if you've caught a 12-pound bass and they've got an 8-pound bass on their wall, don't talk about your fish. They don't give a shit about yeah. your fish. Understand them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And it's something that I've talked about in my book and on podcasts before. I've always been a good networker, yep. but there was a time when I was a taker versus when I became a giver, yeah. right? And that kind of go-giver mentality, and that is making it about them always because I did used to bring it back to me. And I, you know, it's interesting because I had a really strong book of business and all these things, but as I grew and as, especially when I left that's, I was a big fish in a small yes. pond and I went over to Italy and then to New York. I've realized I had to like really expand that. And I have a large network yep. and it's really hard to keep up with everybody. Like I have uh, a thing that I learned from Larry Long Jr. Um, on Fridays where like I pick like one or two or three people uh, that I haven't heard from in a while. And I shoot them a That's message. That's great. And, like whether it's a, like, just a text yep. message or a voice message or something just to say hi and check in. Yep. And it's a way to like help me keep my network and remember people and just have conversations. But it's it's also a challenge because you know it takes up a lot of time. And then you engage to, with to somebody. Up to date yeah, with then you engage with somebody yeah. and it's hard. And so focus on what you can focus on. Make it about the other person. If we're ever if we're ever making it about ourselves or screwing up, be memorable because it, Quick story. My father was known as a great conversationalist. If you ever watched my dad talk, 
My dad spoke about 10% of the time. He would ask people questions. They would answer. He would say, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. And he would just, and he rarely said anything other than asking people. And people would say, charming, fascinating. It's all about the other person. In sales, it's never about you. And so- I mean, usually people remember conversations where they talk the most about them and they're like, oh, I had a great conversation with that, that guy or gal because they were asking questions about me. And like I felt like there was a connection versus like, would Rob ever shut up? Like, I don't care that he did this or that. And that happens a lot. And so this is where I want to switch this because Please. founders, because so, I want to take these concepts and, 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 and I want to talk about how it is with founders because founders have a lot of pressure as an entrepreneur oh, yeah. early in your business. If you are not um, a native se- seller, if you're trying to sell in a new market, that's not your um, you know, native language, all these challenges. And it's mm. really easy to do the exact thing you're talking about not to do, which is make it about me. If I practice this, I can save you time. I can save you money. I can do this. So how do we take what we just talked about and, and turn that into action items for those that are trying to sell and, and get their businesses off the ground? Yeah. So it's, it's a great question. It's a billion dollar question, right? Is how do we do that? And so the first part is, um, the first thing is to identify who's your ideal prospect is to figure out who is, who is that persona that's most likely to spend money with you? What is the size of the business? How would somebody recognize one? What are the kind of problems that they have? If we could, but you got to fit. And maybe if it's a brand new product, that takes a little while. Maybe the person you think that's the ideal prospect is not the ideal prospect, right? Maybe we created for this yeah. group of people. Maybe it's that. Am I wrong? That happens a lot more than you think. Like I see so many times like, oh, I made it for this market segment. This is my ICP. And it's like, wait a second. Did you fucking validate it? Have you talked to them? Have you asked them questions? Right. No, we shared some information. They, they like the idea. And it's like, no, no. Yeah. So I love that you talk about this. And so how many, I have a number in my mind that I kind of put up, but how many conversations do you need to have in the field to like understand that? Like, what, what do you think that kind of repetition? If you, if somebody asks like Walker, like, I don't know, it's either this or this, what advice did you give them on, on going and talking to their market? And what is that kind of like number they need to know to kind of validate it? I mean, I would say somewhere between 10 and 20. And I think you should always be in the marketplace validating your idea. I mean, I think because the world changes every flicking day and the market can change and there could be different needs that come up. And maybe you find a thin vein that you're all down the pipe with. And maybe there's a whole nother river over here. Mm -hmm. You know, we could talk about blue ocean versus red ocean, all that kind of stuff. But it's continuing to have those conversations and make sure you know what people are talking about, what they're struggling with. Thanks for listening to the OBS Sales School podcast. If you haven't already, please take one minute to write a quick review for the show. It really does make a huge difference. Also, subscribe to the show and please forward this episode to somebody else who needs to hear it. As a bonus for listening, I'm going to give you access to a free mini course, Seven Expensive Sales Mistakes You're Making and What You Can Do About It. Go to www.7salesmistakes.com and get access to the free mini course. That's the number seven salesmistakes.com. Thanks again for listening to the OBS Sales School Podcast.